Please be seated. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Holy, merciful God, Speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, it was the September before my freshman year of college, and my brother and I took a short trip up north to enjoy some peace before classes started. Very similar to here, most of you have seen and experienced is how beautiful the fall sunset is so far north by the lake. The house in which we were living faced east, so when we decided one evening on a split-second decision to try to catch the sunset on the other side, we had to move fast. What we didn't know when we left the cabin was just how perfect that sunset would be. We raced through the trees, searching for a clearing, and every time we came to one remotely open, we both stopped in awe. I remember how funny it was that my brother would burst out in this laughter yell every time we got to a good glimpse of the sky, which is very unlike him, but he was unable to contain the pure joy that it produced. By the time we reached the water's edge and we could see the whole sky, a puffy blanket of the most vibrant pink I had ever seen, all we could do was stare and yell. Of course, at that point, I took out my Canon digital camera to try to hold on to that image forever. But you know that there are some things that you just have to experience. This moment seemed perfect. But here's a small problem with that moment. My freshman year of college was 2011, and in 13 years, I have chased the same beauty of the sunset, unable to ever match what I experienced that day. Nothing else really even came close. Even though I've watched many sunsets in beautiful places, even in that same place. I wonder, though, in thinking about my experience, or thinking about a similar experience of yours, where you were in such awe that maybe you cried, 
or you laughed, did that experience make the rest of your life seem dull? Or did it enhance you spiritually or emotionally in some way? When I read about the experience of Peter, James, and John in today's scripture, it reminds me of that moment and of other moments that I've had that have made me feel so close to God that I promised myself that I would follow God with every fiber of my being. I think about a college worship night when me, a born and raised Presbyterian, praised God with my hands lifted high in full abandon to God. I think about the youth mission trip where after one particularly special evening, almost every one of the 50 participants was crying and hugging. The Lord's presence felt so real in those relationships. I think about the Stephen ministry class that brought me to tears because it felt like sacred ground. In youth ministry especially, we're so aware of these mountaintop moments. They happen often on retreats and on mission trips. And some people will argue that there is something that has to be done to keep these moments from happening. They say, don't chase the mountaintop moments. These moments are fleeting. They don't translate to the day-to-day -day struggles of real life. They're maybe emotionally manipulative. But people who say that, they're not completely wrong on all accounts. But I don't think that many of us would trade those moments for anything. Does that make them worth seeking? And what makes those moments so transformational? The transfiguration on the mountain that Peter, James, and John got to experience really gave them that mountaintop high, such that I'm sure none of us have been able to experience that level. To see the face of the Lord like that would probably also send me into a frenzy of busyness like Peter. But to be fair to him, he had never experienced anything like that before either. The unexpectedness, the awe, all transformed his ministry and his relationship with God moving forward to that point. In his second letter, he references this moment as a personal, tangible reason that he knows the gospel to be true. Not just because somebody told him, but because he was transformed by that encounter. I believe that we have the same opportunity. As we head into the season of Lent starting on Wednesday, we're gonna hear a lot of messages as we write and read devotionals, as we listen to a podcast, about just taking five minutes each day to try to connect with God in a new way. Just open your Bible and read a few passages before you fall asleep, or start a new prayer regimen that you can implement on your drive home from work. Because in our busy lives, sometimes that's the only way we can make it happen. And these are essential parts of a growing faith. But I'm going to push you all further and say that while day-to-day -day spiritual practices are essential, so are the mountaintop moments. What would it look like for you this Lent season to seek these moments out? Sometimes they do happen unexpectedly, and sometimes moments we expect to be mountaintop moments fall short. But if we look at the transfiguration story in the Gospel according to Luke, 
we're actually told that Jesus brought the three up to the mountain to pray. God didn't catch them totally off guard. They had this powerful moment with God because they created space for it. They were mentally prepared to let God in. Maybe for you, it's using a vacation day to spend the entire day meditating. Maybe it's seeking a retreat. Maybe it's joining youth group at Winter Jam music concert if music is where you find a connection to God. Where can you open your life up to see the face of God in a mountaintop high moment? Because I guarantee you, when you go through doubts in your faith, or when a friend asks you how you can believe in God when there's so much tragedy in the world, you can say to yourself, you can say to them, I've seen the face of the Lord. I don't always know what God's telling me. I don't always know what God's doing, but I can trust the ways that I have been transformed by his glory. I really hope you'll at least think about it. But I also hope that you're ready. There is so much fear in this story, the transfiguration. The disciples, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to say. And I can imagine that fear comes from this experience being so outside of the experiences of the world they left behind. Everything they knew must have seemed obsolete. But when they returned home, I wonder if they were able to see beyond the struggles of every day. Were their minds changed? You know, when we're sitting here in the church, being transformed by God seems really inviting maybe exciting at times. It makes me think of a moment that I had with my sister. My family is really close, and so I would absolutely say I would do anything for my siblings. I would die for my family. But one day, my sister came to me with a request akin to needing a kidney. And as I think back to when she talked to me about this moment, I'm ashamed to remember that my first instinct was to consider how it would affect my life. It would be uncomfortable. It would affect me going forward, me, me, me. When we leave the comfort of this building, when we open ourselves up to see the face of the Lord on the mountaintop, how can we be prepared to really make the big sacrifices that God may be calling you to? What if we're called to leave our familiar comforts in order to accommodate for people or a task that God has called us to? What if it means our time is compromised? What if even the ways that we're practicing faith challenge us to allow space for others to experience God's transforming love? Are we really ready for that? because that is often what God asks of his followers. The 12 were asked to leave everything they knew. And I'm so thankful they did, because look what God was able to accomplish through them. So this Lent season, I encourage you to seek mountaintop moments, the moments that you're so attuned to God's glory that you can't help but to be changed not because God only speaks to us in those big moments, 
but because those times are often when we are open enough to hear God. Not so that we can call ourselves justified, but so that God may be known and celebrated more fully in this world. Just be ready that God may disrupt your life. I leave you today not with fear, though, but with hope. The hope is that wherever you go in this world, God will never leave or forsake you. Your calling might make life uncomfortable. It probably will make life uncomfortable. But it often becomes uncomfortable because we haven't experienced the level of holy before. We don't know what we'll be saying yes to. It's so risky. God says on the mountaintop, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when Peter hears this, the man who recently rebuked Jesus for predicting his death, and the man who in a few chapters is about to deny that he even knows Jesus, he too struggles with what might be lost. He is asked to shift his mind from desires of this world. But God remains with Peter even when Jesus is killed. God goes forward with him through the hard parts of his ministry and the joyful ones. And in our callings, God remains with all of us to encourage, to comfort, to guide us. So let's open ourselves up to be transformed by God's grace and God's love and go forward with God in the transformational ways that we are called to. Amen.